Hello and welcome to the second episode of Science to the T. I'm your host, Sky Smith, and today we're talking about the mighty soybean, or rather, the genistein within the mighty soybean. For my morning cup, I'm steeping a simple jasmine green tea with a little dash of lemon juice to really bring out the flavor of the leaves. This is definitely one of my favorites. So go ahead and grab your favorite mug and let's figure out what's soy great about soybeans. When I say the word soybean, you probably think of food products like soy milk, soy sauce, tofu, edamame, which are young soybeans, or maybe even natto, which is a Japanese food made from fermented soybeans. While all of these are delicious in my opinion, you might not think about the effects of soy on your body or on your brain. More specifically, the effects of genistine, which is found within the soybean. Genistine is a naturally occurring isoflavone or isoflavone, which is fancy talk for a thing in the soybean that interacts with the estrogen receptor on your cells. Now guys, I know I said the scary word estrogen, but there's nothing to be afraid of here. You're going to be fine if you eat soy products. In fact, genistein is thought to reduce menopausal symptoms, the risk of osteoporosis and cardiovascular diseases, as well as a variety of cancers. Pretty cool, huh? What's even cooler is that genistein may protect your brain during aging. Say what? Today, I'm going to discuss two peer-reviewed papers that overlap nicely to give us a more complete story. The first paper was published about two weeks ago in the journal Cellular and Molecular Neurobiology by Jianbin Guo and colleagues, and the second paper was published last year in the journal Neuropharmacology by Carolina Pierzanowska and her team. The first paper I'm going to talk about explores the ability of genistein to protect neurons from the nasty effects of amyloid beta. Now, amyloid beta is a protein that can normally be broken down in neurons, but it gets messed up and begins to back up the pipes in your neurons as you age. From here, it's thought that amyloid beta sort of sparks a traffic jam of other proteins inside of your neurons, causing this massive clog of half-broken-down schmutz that ultimately kills neurons and causes what we know as Alzheimer's disease. For those who may not already know, Alzheimer's disease is a very common neurodegenerative disease with initial symptoms that include memory impairment, difficulty in decision-making, behavioral changes, and severe confusion that worsen over time. And I want to point out here that Alzheimer's is not part of normal aging, and it's a legitimate disease. According to the World Health Organization, there are over 50 million cases of Alzheimer's and other dementias worldwide. Along with this, the worldwide cost of dementia is over 800 billion US dollars. And while we have learned a ton about how this disease progresses, we still don't have treatments that work in humans. So as I said, in the first paper, the authors wanted to see if genistein would be capable of protecting neurons from the nasty effects of amyloid beta. They chose to use hippocampal neurons because the hippocampus is one of the first places to be really affected by Alzheimer's disease. To test their hypothesis that genistein would be protective, they cultured hippocampal neurons in a dish and treated them with amyloid beta, genistein, both, or left them alone, and looked at the structure of cells and their health. The control cells, who were just left chilling on their own, looked like normal cells, and I love how they described these guys. The authors said that control cells, quote, 
appeared characteristically exuberant with pronounced neuri extension and enhanced arborization, which basically just means the control cells looked really happy and healthy with lots of little cell arms stretching out to interact with other cells. I love it. Anywho, when they added amyloid beta, though, many of the cells balled up and died, resulting in a ton of cell debris floating around. But when they added genistein before amyloid beta, the majority of cells were not affected by the amyloid beta anymore. How cool is that? The authors next looked at different processes within the cells that amyloid beta usually turns on to harm them, and they saw that genistein, time and time again, was able to bring these levels back down to normal, like the control cells. They then took it a step further and said, hey, we know that there's a certain type of neuron called a nicotinic acetylcholine neuron that is really hurt in Alzheimer's, and that the alpha-7 receptor on these neurons is usually disrupted, causing more of that cell backup or clogging that kills them. So maybe genistein is protecting neurons through these receptors. When they looked at this, they saw that genistein was helping the neurons make more of the alpha-7 receptor, even when amyloid beta was added. And when they looked at the pathways inside of the neurons that are usually activated to protect them, genistein was activating all of them. It was like a little superhero for these cells, helping them restore the natural balance. So they were like, hey, this just shows that genistein can put more receptor there and keep these cells from dying. But does it really interact with this thing? So they used a drug to block the receptor and bam, genistein didn't work anymore. These guys are the first to show that genistein acts on hippocampal neurons to protect them from amyloid beta by interacting with the alpha-7 receptor and activating protective pathways inside of these cells to fight off the bad effects. Woo, so awesome. Now, kind of like what I said last time, these are just cells in a dish. And while this kind of work is super important because it helps us understand exactly what's going on, we still don't know what will happen to a real living animal. This brings us to paper number two. I actually met the authors of this paper and they were some of the most enthusiastic and kind people I interacted with during my PhD. This paper begins to explore the effects of genistein on Alzheimer's disease using rats. They injected a drug into the ventricles of the brains of rats to give them Alzheimer's. This method is considered one of the best animal models of Alzheimer's disease because it is sporadic and mimics many of the aspects of Alzheimer's in humans. So they did this injection and then gave the rats regular water or water with genistein and then tested their cognitive abilities. Now here's where things get really interesting. Rats with Alzheimer's that were given genistein performed way better than rats given normal water. Treatment of Alzheimer's rats with genistein increased their ability to remember their surroundings to get through a maze and even reduce their anxiety behavior. So once the authors established that the rats with Alzheimer's who were given genistein performed better than the ones with just water, they wanted to see if their brains also looked more normal. They saw that rats given genistein had way less amyloid beta in their brains, and they even had less of other proteins that clog up neurons. So not only was the genistein helping their memory, 
it was helping clear out the amyloid beta too. When they looked even closer, they found similar results to the first paper we went over. Genistein was helping protect the neurons and fight off Alzheimer's disease. So there you have it. The mighty soybean may be one thing to add to your diet. Now, I'm not saying you should chug tons of soy milk every day because, well, that's going to give you a stomach ache, but also because we don't necessarily know if this holds true for humans yet. Overall, though, this is something to keep up with. There's more data coming out all the time showing just how important your diet is for your health. So maybe think about adding a little soy. I hope you enjoyed this episode as much as I enjoyed making it. Stay tuned for more info and a sneak peek of next week. Thank you all for listening to Science to the T. You can find this podcast on Spotify, Google Podcast, Anchor, Breaker, Pocket Cast, and Radio Public. If you have any comments, questions, suggestions, or just want to talk science, you can find me on Twitter at SkyNeuro, S-K-Y-E, Neuro, like neuroscience, or email science to the T at gmail.com. Tune in next Wednesday for another terrific episode as we talk about the associations between blood type and COVID-19. Yay!